Blog Talk Radio. It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year, I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruscha. I have great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. Welcome. What? Huh? Yeah? Yeah, you're up. I am? Can you not hear yourself? Nope, can't hear anything. How about now? There we go. No, no, that's not me. No. There we go. Hey, no. Welcome to Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. Probably the applause is just going forever today. Fans are excited. Super stoked. Is not sure what they're excited about. Is your computer making noise, Kevin? I paused it twice, but uh-huh. it's, it's very excited to have the show on, so it keeps unpausing itself. Figure it out over there. Welcome to Net Live, ladies and gentlemen, as we creep towards the holidays, the pre-Thanksgiving edition. Creep. It's Thursday. Yeah, it's true. You know what bothers I was thinking about Christmas, that's why. Stop it. <laughs> and you know what? You should see my older son's room. It's already completely decorated for Christmas. So, uh, apparently the Fatma household already has stockings and stuff up over their fireplace, and she posted photos of it. Like post-Halloween stockings? That's a bit premature. Well, my, my older son decided that it was going to make it a Christmas wonderland in his room. He took all the decorations we have for like the whole house and the property, and he's put them in his room. The entire house decorations are in his room. I a bunch have. of giant Christmas balls, like ones that you would hang outside on your pine trees, you know, I, huge ones, I was hanging from his rafters. at the Beverly Center, killing time before a meeting. It was right before Halloween. They already had the snow globe area set up where you're going to go take a photo with Santa Claus... Before Halloween. It was October, Kevin. <laughs> It'll be September soon. Ugh. We'll have Black Friday sales getting ready in September. Here's, the, here's what we have for you on the show today. We'll talk about the men's national team. They have completed Grand Champions Cup. We'll have some discussion of that. We're still waiting on audio from somebody associated with that team. If we only knew anyone that was associated <laughs> with the team, that would be nice. We will have College Ball <laughs> Weekly with one Brandon Rosenthal. Deb Static is in the Badger region taking phone calls about club practice and so on at the moment. So, And she doesn't need to come on the show for probably another 8 to 12 weeks until Brandon catches up his record. <laughs> at the rate he's been picking, it might take all the way through men's season. We'll also go through the off-the-block Christmas list. Yeah. There are some great items in the off-the-block Christmas list. I think a certain item from the Net Live made that list. Yep, and if you know any small people, they could in fact get this item for Christmas. But we'll go through that list because I think it's a, it's a fun list. There's some cool stuff in there, and uh, Vinny Loves did a great job with that. We're also going to play some music for you on this show. This will be the musical episode, the DJ Roche episode of The Net Live. Not hold really pre-planned. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to make you play some tunes. No, I, obviously. But and I'm going to play some tunes. Okay, that's what I... Let's, <laughs> let's just get that clear. There's some songs that you picked out that you're going to play. Absolutely. Okay. And so get your ears ready. They're not clean. Ladies and gentlemen, they are not clean. So if you're easily offended by music, turn it off. Don't complain. I don't want any emails. I don't want any. I was listening to the show, and my daughter was in the car. Just here's your warning. When we play you've some been tunes, pre, you've been pre-warned. It's not going to be Let's put you like this. for consumption by young individuals. There's going to be very little volleyball on today's show. So that's what you came expecting. It's the non-volleyball edition. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's the non-volleyball uh, edition, and that's okay. And Chadboard, feel free to recommend some stuff, too, because oh this is a free-flowing episode. And if you have something you want to throw out there, great. I never recommend opening a request to the fans. Now, I know there was a, a refing controversy, and we'll touch on that briefly. got a, a good email from, uh, from Jeff Wozner. I always say Jeff's name wrong and <laughs> for years now. He's going he's gonna to kill me. Not Wozner. I know it's not that. I've got to look at my email here for Jeff's last name. He's uh, quite possibly the biggest fan of USA Volleyball in the history of USA Volleyball. Yeah, okay. Wozner is, is just about right. There you go. So Jeff has, uh, has sent us some emails about the refing controversy that apparently happened in the Iran match. And maybe if we get BJ Evans at some point here, she can shed some light on what's happening. We had uh, the USA-Italy match. They zeroed out the American score because they apparently had started the match out of rotation. So they took away points. So explain, I, that happened at a match I was at last month. The other team started out of rotation. Um, there was a little bit of a controversy at the beginning. But So explain to me and maybe listeners that don't know what that means. Obviously, you're not the card that you give the referee. This is how we're going to start. You are right. on the floor, and that's not actually how you've lined up your team, right? Correct. And I've actually been in matches. I was in a couple of college matches where it happened. Once Marv filled the card out completely wrong, and I was in one spot, somebody else in another spot, and we had to run this weird rotation for the entire set because once it's in, it's in. So literally, once like you can't go. Whoops. No. Once you turn in that card, that's your lineup. Now you can sub. Obviously, but obviously, if you have your starters out there, you cannot take you cannot take me out and put somebody else in my spot because you would just never do that. First of all, why would you ever sub Barnett out? But even if he's playing libero, but if something libero, was crazy, whatever the hell you call it, it's libero. You're correct. <laughs> uh, Paul Sunderland, love him. Libero or, or libro is not correct. Oh, look at this. Hey, are you on air right now? Are we getting heckled? Is that Reed? Yeah. Does he have a car? I. <laughs> I'm not sure. That's no, a good I, question. That's I got question that. number one. I just got that text, too. And your response, and you're sitting right next to me. So if... Isn't that weird? From me to the satellite, back to you. doesn't go to satellite, but okay. Whatever. The ground station. <laughs> Something does go to space at some point. Yeah, but you're right about it. We're hitting, towers. We're safe. Not, it's still... No, it's, it's like, still it's like leaves, down the street It leaves or your phone, goes outside somewhere, it's, yeah. hits that tower, and somehow comes back to me. Right. It's something that looks like a pine tree that my neighbor gets twenty five grand a year to have or something. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so you cannot sub me out and put Obviously. someone else in. Obviously. And then put me in for a different position. So you, there's no way really you. to correct you it. Once you fill out that lineup card, you're stuck with that. The whole, but not the whole match, just the first game. And you can correct it after that? Yeah, okay. yeah, because each but set you, have, you submit something new. I don't know what a set is, so I'm just going to assume you meant game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, each set. Oh, look at this. Reed, they just landed. We literally just landed. Uh, me, the staff, and Micah. Yeah. Yeah, Reed, let's, uh, will you respond to that, Jeremy, while I blabber what, on here? What would you like me to say? Anybody? Uh, uh, oh, tell him not to use his phone until after he gets through customs. I'll let him know. Okay. Oh, they want Christmas music now. No. They want Christmas music. Yeah, I'll, I'll play the Glee. First of all, I would play Run DMC. That's my favorite Christmas song of all time. That is? Just because, do you remember in Die Hard? Yeah. So he's in the back of the limo, the first one. Oh, right, right. They're driving to Naka, 
Tommy Tower. Tommy Tower. Whatever the tower right, is. Which is sitting above the Fox Studios. Yeah, right? it is like uh it's like a hip hop song on and um Bruce Willis is like, Hey, do you mind putting any Christmas music on? The limo driver's like, This is Christmas music and it's run DMC's Christmas and Hollis. That's uh, so good, Kevin. What's the name of the driver? There's a Argyle. Heart. Yes! Uh, nice! <laughs> The, to LA, the, only, drinks, the only reason I know that is because I accused my father, who drove a limo later in his life, of being Argyle. He called, called him Argyle, Argyle yeah. forever. That guy's character was great. Just look this roll. It's so good. I do remember this scene. This is Christmas music. <laughs> now I know what it. First of all, now I'm going to start quoting Die Hard. That's okay. We'll start playing it in a minute. Yeah. Now I know what a TV dinner feels like. <laughs> Speaking of which, I became Orange Chicken yesterday. What does that mean? I'm henceforth known as Orange Chicken. Do your kids give you that name? No. It happened on uh, on Pac-12. Orange Chicken. Because of your hair? Not because of my skin tone. I'm no, I'm no John Boehner. What happened? Sorry, we're both rocking out. Who right cares? <laughs> See, here's the thing about this song, too, is that a lot of times when a hip-hop song tries to do something like this, it is completely super cheesy. But yeah. this isn't cheesy. I don't know how it's not cheesy, but it's not cheesy. Well, was there a hip-hop Christmas song before this? Like I'm, sure the, other, like I'm, sure, OG, right? I'm sure other people have tried stuff. Yeah, but it never this got is, out of their garage. This, this is, is the one. This is pre-YouTube, pre-internet, pre-everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we had rotary dial phones in half the houses. Rotary dial. You don't have touchstone service? No. <laughs> That's awesome. Remember the phone in the kitchen when you just had like the longest cord ever? You could go around the entire house with it? <laughs> yep, you'd be like trying to talk to your girlfriend. You'd have to like walk through three rooms, have enough cable to get totally away yeah. from your parents. You're locking yourself in the closet talking to somebody? Absolutely. Yeah, by the way, I'm in the middle of texting Reed, and I stopped because I'm listening to Christmas and Hollis. Now we got more important stuff to do. So, yes, Cultural is correct. It's not cheesy because it's Run DMC. That's a great call. That's true. Yeah. Now, isn't, isn't somebody dead from Run DMC? Didn't somebody get Jam killed Master, outside of a... Jam Master J. Outside of his place in New York? In the, inside the studio. Somebody broke in and killed him? Yeah. Whatever was the, the result of that. They never found out. Which is weird because Jam Master J wasn't the typical, like... I have drama with a bunch of people. He was the DJ producer for Run DMC. It's not like he didn't have rat beef with someone. <laughs> you know? Not a lot of producer beef. He like he and Babyface were just going at it. Yeah. When do I get, like, when's you 2 going to do a diss album with, for the Rolling Stones? Like, when are they going to battle back and forth? How come that doesn't happen? How come Who? it's always hip-hop U2? beef? Yeah. You 2 and, and the Rolling Stones. And the Rolling Stones. Stones. They just do, like, a beef album. Well, first of all, the Rolling Stones are too old. <laughs> Sean Manzi. The result was he died. <laughs> here's here's something for you on a serious topic for a second. Let's get on. I just want one serious topic we'll because this is for something Christmas that, for a moment that has that bothered me this week. Oh boy, uh, Jameis Winston, quarterback at Florida State, who's being accused. Uh, yep. Right, that there's all this talk about a possible rape case against him that's going on. I'd like I'd like our listeners to remember back to the Duke lacrosse team. Remember when the Duke lacrosse yeah, was team was years accused ago, right? of having that like half the uh, half the team. Right, they were accused of raping a stripper at a party. Yep. Correct? Yeah. What is the eventual adjudication of that case? Do you know? They were found not guilty. You do know? I do know. But do you know what the further adjudication of that was? Negative. Okay. 
So, and I didn't know this till I because, saw a story this week. Because the news doesn't report that stuff. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And I didn't know that till this week. So apparently, not only were they not guilty, but she was completely full of crap. For the Duke stuff. She was absolutely lying. Yes, the Duke, for the Duke situation. Absolutely lying. Nothing even close to that happened. Yet, what did Duke do when all this happened? They canceled the season. They threw three kids out of school. Basically ruined those three kids' lives. And this woman completely fabricated the story. Yeah. The, and actually, somebody told me that the, uh, the attorney general who was pushing it because of a political agenda that he had to try and become governor or something, yeah. he was actually disbarred for his conduct in this case. Nice. But I never heard that, right? You never heard that happening. Correct. Now, this past week, she just got sentenced to prison because she murdered somebody. She's convicted of murdering her boyfriend a year ago. Wow. This woman was a circus. And what and I'm not, not hearing... And not the good kind. No, and the, yeah. <laughs> and the way I relate this to the Jameis Winston case is, I, I don't know the facts of the case. I haven't been following it that closely. But what, what I haven't heard in all the discourse on television is I have not heard anyone mention the fact that these guys are targets. Any of the high-profile professional athletes, high-profile college athletes For sure. are targeted For sure. by women who, let's be quite frank, are psychopaths. And I say that with all seriousness, because there are yep. guys who are wrong, who are treating women improperly, who are raping women, and that happens. And athletes who feel entitled and like no one can touch them, of and course. that happens. Yeah, yeah. But there are women out there who are completely psycho, who go out and decide they're going to try and bring this person down, or at least extract or money out of their, someone, yeah, or attach them. themselves to them. That has never been brought up, because if you did bring it up, a million folks would jump down your throat about it. But the bottom line is, can't wait for our emails. Women are no different than men in some cases when it comes to having other agendas and situations. For sure. And the Duke situation is a perfect example of everyone jumping on it, condemning Duke, condemning the culture of male athletes, condemning those three individuals, and yet it was completely false. Yeah. There was no truth to it. None. It wasn't a question of he said, she said, maybe there's some great. No, there's no, there no gray area. It was completely <laughs> false. But you never heard that. Yeah. The only reason I came across it is because I came across a story about her a few years later now being convicted, not accused, convicted of murder. Murder. And that bothers me. That bothers me that that discourse can't go on, that you can't talk about that. The fact people that have moved on. she is in question as well. Well, they, I, uh, Nicole and I were talking about it, I think, I don't know if it was before this weekend, because ESPN was talking about if Florida State should start him, blah, 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 blah. And obviously not knowing all the facts and anything like that, I think the difference in that Duke case when they threw, um, when it got really sensationalized was that the Florida State quarterback hasn't been charged yet. And this is something that happened a year ago. Correct. So, and I'm not saying that he's not going to be charged, but he hasn't been charged yet. Right. The Duke players, when they canceled the season and all that stuff, those guys had been charged. So I do feel like at that point, when you've been charged with something like that, then there is some action that the school has to take. Because but aren't, you have, you, aren't you presumed innocent? Yes, but if you're in a situation, you ha on the school side, they're in a situation where like they're in a situation where they are able to be accused of this. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they need to be punished and gone outside and like you know have people throw stones at them, but which is basically what was happening. Sure, but there does need to be some type of okay. We while you're under investigation and you've been charged, you're going to need to take a little time out. So and I get I that see, whether I that's whether that's right or wrong. 
Yeah. In the in the obviously hindsight's always twenty twenty. You look right. like, like, oh, we shouldn't have done this because look, they're innocent. They did nothing wrong. Sure, great. But that's the difference right now. The quarterback for Florida State hasn't been charged. Doesn't okay. mean he won't be charged later today or tomorrow. But at the moment, he has not been charged. So him playing, I have no issues with that at all whatsoever. Okay. Yeah, I see the difference there. And and point taken on that. The the thing with James Winston, and, and don't think that we're passing any judgment either way on, on him or on yeah, the, have, the female I accuser. Have we don't no have the idea. information. Yeah. I'm saying that I would like to hear a more even discourse in the media about the motivations associated with both parties. Either well, the entitled, untouchable athlete, if that's the case, but also the women who target these guys to take advantage of their situation. And there's no talk about that if that's actually the case with her, which, again, True. we yeah, don't know. No clue. We and don't we know. may not know for a long time either, by the way. Right. No. Right. So anyway, that, that's just something that was bugging me this week, that I, I want a more honest discussion of that situation. It's always presumed that the motivation of the woman is pure, oh, that she's been taken advantage of. Well, we don't know that. It's unknown. Correct. Women are, are not, I don't think you can say they're just as prone to power grabbing like men, but hey, it's close in some cases. There, there are some folks that are off the wagon on both sides, Oh, men and women. Without a doubt. There's no easy transition out of that. There was. Something took us to that. I don't remember. We were playing Christmas in Hollis, and then all of a sudden... Yeah, sorry about that. Sometimes that happens. We get a little serious. That happens. I uh, want, want to make a note on the men's national team and their performance over in Japan. Uh, Matt Anderson, as, we, as I correctly predicted on this show last week did play opposite. You have two opposites on the roster. And Matt Anderson, your best outside hitter, goes and plays opposite. I think the men's national team coach was uh, listening to the show. He's like, huh, Kevin, no, brilliant I, idea. Yeah, yeah. John Spraw <laughs> taking his advice from, from me. No, not the case. Uh, but Matt Anderson played opposite, and hey, no surprise, this kid's a hell of a volleyball player. 104 points, led the tournament, 93 kills, 5 blocks, 6 aces. I'd like to see the blocks be a little higher. And honestly, the Aces, too. I mean, you played five matches. What were the blocks again? What did you say? Five. Okay. You played five matches, you got five blocks. But now a block, let's be clear, because I have to remind people this, is not just a touch or not like the other team team covers it. Yeah. So there could have been stuff like that, too. And the thing is, too, for him, and this was was true for me, I don't know if it's true for Matt, but my own experience, I was a, a... an effective left side blocker late in my career. Yeah. I was terrible on the right. Interesting. I, I was a good hitter on the right. I could play opposite for you all day long offensively. Yeah. And serving wise, I, blocking, I was worthless on the right compared to being on the left. So, you know, I think that may be a function of it. Hey, how much has Matt blocked on the right? Yeah. Not much, I bet. Sorry, I'm laughing at the message board. Uh, Kim Barnett's resume includes Pepperdine, USA national team, and an overpriced jersey on eBay. Somebody from Mission <laughs> Viejo had a Barnett jersey up. <laughs> For three hundred and fifty bucks? Three hundred and fifty bucks. You get a cut of that? No. I where's my percentage deal? No, First yeah. of all, how did he get it? He said it was Olympic worn. I, maybe. I don't know. How'd you come up with that one? I don't know if you noticed, but I uh drove a U Haul today. And <laughs> every USA volleyball memorabilia you have around the house, I'm I'm like grabbing and loading in and then just get thrown up on eBay this afternoon just to see I mean three hundred fifty bucks for a jersey? Nobody knows who you are, Kevin. I, I don't know why you went straight to my closet, but now it makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 350 bucks. Okay, Unbelievable. Uh, also, congratulations to Max Holt for being uh, all-star, term- making the all-tournament team. Nice. Uh, he had a great blocking performance. So Max Holt continues his development. That's a good sign for the American side. I like seeing some of the photos of the guys because it's November right now. 
<laughs> so some of them are just rolling with their stashes. That's not necessarily a good look, but it's funny like seeing them like super serious in the middle of a match with just a flowing stash. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> so the Americans, uh, I was looking for a position finish. Uh, mind you, I worked all weekend. I think we, we finished second to Russia. Second to Russia? Because the U.S., boy, they, they defeated Japan. Okay, that's, that's expected. Then went out and lost to Brazil, although every set was a deuce set. Three straight, Brazil. but a deuce set. Yeah, Brazil, 31-29, 25-23, 25-23. Oh, the headline of this says, U.S. men finished fifth at Grand Slam. That makes more sense. Grand Champions Cup after sweep by Russia. But it says they lost to them in the finale. They did. Oh. Yeah, because you just play. I took the E off the end, so I just said final. Yeah, I know. You just play. You play straight through. So you go five matches, and you're done. U.S. defeated Italy 15-13 in that match that started out with that 3-0. Mm-hmm. Lost uh, to Iran as well. Lost to Iran, and that to me is surprising. Although, although Iran defeated Italy 15-12 in the fifth. And let's see, they also defeated Japan. That's no big surprise there. And let's see, although according to the thing I have here, they played Japan twice. I know that did not happen. So misprint on the USAV thing here. That uh, it says Italy. Oh no, sorry, Iran. Sorry, misprint on me. Iran defeated the U.S. and then Iran defeated Japan. I had Iran and Italy mixed up. So never mind USA volleyball. That's my fault. Uh, Iran defeated Japan. No big deal there. Iran defeated the United States. That's a surprise. Iran defeated Italy. That's a surprise. So I'm I'm kind of I'm uh, shocked and surprised at the performance of Iran. Well, oh, good. Congratulations man. to the Iranians. Yeah. And the United States. God, they had their chances. They they continue to be a young team that isn't quite there yet. You know what I find interesting, though? Like, we've talked about them, and we've obviously had 90% of the coaching staff on this show. And they're taught, they've said the same thing. We're young. We're yeah. new. The coaching staff's new. A lot of the players are new. A lot of the old guys are getting rest. Some of the old guys are back. But because I feel like we still expect them to win everything. And not like, oh, my gosh, if you lose, like, I'm, the end of the world. But I'm like, a fan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're like, oh, like, you guys on paper, they look good. They've been progressing, you know, all that stuff. We're right. like, oh, we, want, we expect them and want them to win every single time. And I'm sure going over to this, they wanted to win or expected to win the tournament as well. I'm sure they were disappointed they didn't. When I stepped on the floor in a USA jersey against some of the legends of Italy, yeah, you know, uh, Andrea Gardini, Gravina, uh, Andrea Gianni. I mean, the the legends of volleyball. Uh, player of the century, co-player of the century, whose name is escaping me, outside hitter for Italy, um, whose name will come to me. But um, against those epic teams, mm-hmm. teams that I, as a as a young man, had no idea the history of or, or how good they really were, I expected to win. Of course. And I and still, I'm a fan of this team, and I've said that before on this show. I am a fan, not only am I an alumni, I am a fan of the U.S. Yeah. men's and women's team. I'm not an alumni of that team. But I am a fan, I'm a fan of both, and I want the best for both. And that, at times, colors my, my opinions on this program. I don't do it on air, usually when I'm broadcasting them. <laughs> but but I, especially on this program, I want the best for this, these programs. Of course. But and I, that's why I've been critical of Alan Knipe. And, the, and what he did over his four years. Yeah. So I've been critical of players at times and their development, lack thereof at times. So this to me, what happens here, I expect them to win out every time. They go out and lose to Iran. That to me doesn't make any sense. They lose 18-16 in the fifth. But the fact he went five with Iran, I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah. But let me say, before anybody gets confused, 
this tournament, these results, this entire season, I would count as a positive for the team. 100%. And that's why I think that when we're saying, we're not saying, oh, it was a good job, good job by them to get fifth. Like, we wouldn't expect them to get fifth ever. No, I, you know I expect saying? them to win. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> but we're not saying it in a negative way. It's a, um, we're really pleased with where the team is right now. Right. And that the fact that they are having success, we're like, oh, great. As opposed to being like, ooh, man, they're going to suck for a long time. Right. And, ooh, fifth, I'll take a fifth. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that. It's, it's a different attitude. I, I believe in where this team is. Yeah. I believe in a lot of the players that are yeah. on that roster and what's going on. I like what's happening. I still think they should win every time. And, just, and, that's just me. But they do, I, I want to win every time. And they do as well, too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm disappointed they didn't win the, the whole tournament. And I know those guys are disappointed they didn't win the whole tournament. Of course. I'm with them on that journey. Yeah. Looking at it from here. Being an alumni of the women's team, you're with them on this journey. Thank you. Looking at it here, I'm happy with the season. They were in so many close matches. Now, the, the, the tough part is going to be how do you grow beyond the ability to play the best teams in the world tight yeah. to being able to beat the best teams in the world. And I'll tell you what, we went through that for a long time through my time on the team. We struggled with that. And the U.S. team struggled with that all the way until 2008 in July. In July. Yep. Then they won World League. I remember. That was a cathartic moment for that team. If they don't win World League, they don't win the Olympics. They don't win that gold medal. That's an interesting statement. You can hang and play with the best teams in the world, but then how do you get over that hump of beating those teams? And that's in here. Interesting. That's not, that's not physical. These guys physically can compete no, with sure. anybody. Huh. That team in 08 could physically compete with anybody. They had not figured out how to win, how to get those last couple of points. It's interesting. That's what they had done, and that's what they did when they won World League in 2008, late in 2008, right before, 10 days before leaving for the Olympics. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this team is already in the process further down the road than some of the past teams have been. Much further ahead than 2005. Much further ahead than 2001. Right? Uh, much further ahead, certainly, than 1997. Yeah. Much further down the road. Even than maybe the 2008 team, too? That's what I said. Yeah, the 2005. 2000. Oh, 2005 yeah, yeah, would be sorry. the 08 yeah, team, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The 2005 team, man, they went through some struggles. Especially 05, 06. Yeah, Ooh. I remember. Man, they were, they were not that good. They were not really on, on page with Hugh McCutcheon and his system. Yep. They, were, they had just moved at the end of 2005, early 2006. They had moved out here to California. There, there was a lot of upheaval with players. Lloyd Ball wasn't Anaheim, around. Is that where they were? Or that's where they are now? That's where they are now. Irvine. Yeah, they were in Colorado. Colorado, that's right. So they, they had just done all these things. And people don't remember, 06, they were not, uh, they were struggling. Struggling. Then in 2007, you started to hear from the coaching staff certain things. Well, you'd been hearing that. Yeah. But you started to hear it when you talked to the players individually. That was a big change in 07. Then 08, you knew they had the ability. Then yeah. they, they pushed it over the top. Then they went and won the Olympic Games. It was a very, a very sharp point. To, you know, it wasn't like this huge plateau that they went on. It was yeah. a very sharp point Who they that beat they hit. in the finals in 2009, remember? Brazil. That's right. And they beat, Suck they had that. two five-set matches in Suck the quarters that, and the semis. Yeah. Unbelievable matches against Serbia and against Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Just some epic volleyball. But they, they played incredibly in that tournament. Without the victory 10 days earlier, 
doesn't happen. Interesting. They don't have the mental side of things down. They're not as tough as they were and as confident as they were. Confidence is a big thing. Huge. Huge thing. So, congratulations, U.S. team. So now some of them will be coming back. No, just read. Everybody else going back overseas. But I like the coaching staff coming back. And by the coaching staff, I mean the entire UCLA coaching staff coming back and going to UCLA. <laughs> yes. Yes, they begin focus on that. We're, gonna, we're looking to have John Spraw in here. And don't forget, we're getting to the time of year where we're going to start issuing some netties. Our Netty Award show. We're going to schedule it today. We're writing, down, it out. writing down notes as the year has gone on. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to figure We're going to figure out the netties. We want to take a break with some music here? Yeah. Is it, is we, uh, is it your turn? Yeah, your turn? throw some tunes on here? Sure. Again, if you want to take a five-minute break for some, some explicit lyrics, it's not too ex- – I mean, it's not that bad, but – No, but if you have children you don't want them to PG hear it, it's fine. 17. This is nothing you haven't heard if you listen to any kind of decent music in the world today. Or if you listen to the radio, because even when they bleep it out, you still know exactly what they're saying. Yeah, but, but here you won't have to use your imagination. Would you like to set this song up? Because you texted me, was it last night or yeah. was it today? When you said, is there a show, I said yes, and I have music for you, which is the only reason you showed up today. I didn't ask if there was a show. I was just making sure there was still Because <laughs> if I ever show up and we're not having a show, I'm going to be really upset because I could still be in bed right now if sleeping. You, if you show up and we don't have a show, we will have a show. Even if there isn't one planned and you're here, we will do a show. Even if it's just me and for some reason your two boys are here, we're like, well, I'm going to set up the show and we're going to have a show. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. going to talk about Pokemon and whatever else they're into right now. Yeah. Then, then you'll really have to mute it because, yeah, they'll be using some words. <laughs> Man, a sixth grader, you know, you remember sixth grade, you were experimenting with swear words? Nope, I don't, Kevin. Okay. Not one well, day. I did. Let me set this up. My, uh, my other musical consultant in my life found this track. I then dug deeper for some deep tracks, which you'll hear later. But this is, uh, this is a mashup from the White Panda, guy from Chicago, guy from L.A. I, I suspect they would be at uh, Dia de los Muertos and Hard Summer kind of thing. These guys would do well there with the light-up panda faces that they have. So give this a listen. This is a lot of fun mix-up of a couple of songs that you'll recognize. Fail. See what happens when I'm not in control of the music? Well, you know, when you're working with an iPhone here, let's see if this goes this time. Like we always do there we go.
your brain Looked at that, you said I never seen snakes on a plane Whether you broke or rich, you gotta get this Having money to everything that happened, it is I was searching on trips, but when I get my car back activated I'm back to Vegas, cause There you go. Good job, Kevin. A little M83 and Kanye mixed together. Gotta make sure we pause that. We're going to end up with another. There we go. Otherwise, we're going to end up with another song coming up. Yeah, let's unplug you so we don't hear all the text messages you get during the oh, show. Yeah, there Heck, you go. Heckling you. So we'll have uh, we'll have some more of that. That's White Panda. That's a White Panda remix featuring M83. If you put in uh, White Panda, you can find them on the internet if you have such an animal. Good stuff there. I want to thank the ABCA for their support of their show. We'll have the ABCA College Volleyball Weekly coming up here shortly. We're working on arrangements for our convention show. Looking forward to being at convention again. Jeremy, going to be first time at yep. convention. You won't believe the number of volleyball people there. That's the. I'm curious how many I will know. Uh, like I'm sure a by lot name. will know you. That's cool. I'm sure by name I'll know a lot of people's faces. Right. Because I haven't met a lot of face-to-face. That is a problem that I have. Many times when I am at a volleyball event, I recognize a lot of faces, but not necessarily everyone. I don't remember everyone's name. Guy came up to me at Nationals one year and said, hey, what's up? You know, this time I'm talking to him for a couple minutes. Finally, I just said, dude, I can't remember who you are. Yeah, it's better to be honest. I just threw it out there. And he goes, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, So who was it? it you was, don't remember now. Well, no. <laughs> I'm trying to think of his name right now. Outside hitter for Penn State, um, whose name is escaping me. Jay Hasek? No, <laughs> Jay. Jay would tell me if he's on here. Jay would uh, remind me of who it was. Um, but a guy that I had played with for the first summer of national team. And this was 10 years later, or eight years later. I just muted the wrong one and yeah. snipped yeah. the mic. Sorry. Sorry. I apologize, everybody. Jason, uh, God, his last name is escaping me. I was just talking to Al Skates about this kid because he could straight up pass. Couldn't do a ton else, but he could straight up pass the ball. And... Uh, and, and he's like, dude, you don't remember? I'm like, it was eight years. I've not seen you in eight years. Yeah. And I'm just at a volleyball tournament. Like, really? You have short hair now? I mean, yeah. what, what like, am I? It happens, like, sometimes at volleyball events, I'll walk around and people will make eye contact with me. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm polite and smile, but I can't remember, like, do I, have we actually met? Or do you just know who I am? Right. You know, and I feel like. Kempner. Thank you, Jason Kempner. Yeah. I mean, I'll Thank say, you, I'll be nice and polite and talk to anybody. But I feel bad if I have met you before and I don't remember. It doesn't yeah. happen that often. But if I meet you in a quick passing and then, like, you have to understand how many people were right. saying hello to me. That happens to me all the time. Yeah, we met. I, I know we met. I recognize. But I can't remember and everybody's Sometimes it's name. out of context, too. And bottom line, hey, I'm talent. I'm just, I'm a short oh, attention span oh, oh, kind of guy, you know? Oh, boy. Like this past week, a director came to me, and, and mind you, we don't see directors. Like we meet them once, right? They're in the truck, and then yeah, you just hear their voice. Yeah, then you hear their voice, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, you know, hey, who?" Am I? I'm like, "I'm sorry, I can't remember everybody." 
I know there are guys who can. It's just not one of my talents, remembering everybody's name. You know, it's not like, like Michael Scott where he's associating everyone with – you ever see that, that office where he's associating names? He's giving a, a speech on how to be a business professional, a salesman. And he's going through and talking about how he remembered everybody's name, you know, like, and just the worst ethnic and and uh, racial slurs and stuff. Nice. And he's just, just, it was, it was pretty funny. But I'm not doing that. I'm not assigning everybody <laughs> you know, different uh, things like the the one eye guy, you know, whatever. I also worry about like when I walk like at convention when I'm gonna be walking around, people aren't gonna see me because everybody else is gonna be really tall. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of short coaches. And the female players aren't that tall, by and large, so you'll be fine. Here. Yeah. You might look like a women's outside hitter. Don't worry about it. I would dominate on a women's net. Yeah, you'd be good. No doubt. So I can't jump right now. Me either. My left knee is, is done. Surgery for you? I'm thinking. I had PRP done, but I'm going to wait that out. But it is crunchy and crappy. And That's not good. No, and it's not from doing anything. It's not like I went out and did something. I, I ran for an airplane. That was what I did. Sprinting up the stairs with my suitcase. Did you make the airplane? Yes. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Sean Manzi, easy there, buddy. I have a feeling I'm taller than you. <laughs> Love it. Let's let's talk about off the block Christmas. Yeah, I haven't seen a list, so I'm looking forward to you uh, telling me. Okay, he's got you know he's got I some stuff in here. I hadn't had a chance to. Now I'm not sure if this list was supposed to be for. Stuff you could buy, you could actually hold on. Get. Hold on a second. What? Sean Manzi's five six. Oh, you got him dominated. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just be clear about that. Manzi, dude, Jeremy might not be able to see you over the table. All right. And look, just because I'm not as tall as everybody doesn't mean I. Well, I can't jump right now because of my ankle, but I can win healthy. I can side out on the beach. Do should we keep going with the slap fight between two guys? Yeah, I'm not pleased. Six feet. Apparently, I have issues. With you people you and short. Sean in the slap fight. Because yeah. you know what? You know what bothers me, Kevin, when I tell people actually how tall I am, and they don't believe me, and I have to do a back-to-back comparison with Whitney Pavlik to prove how tall I am. No. Oh. So you're taller than Whitney? No, I'm not taller than her. You're the same size. She's an inch taller than me, but nobody people believe like she was like eight inches taller. Than like with the hair up and that bun thing she has, or no? No, then she'd be really a lot taller. Okay. Than yeah. Whitney Pavlik, six three, with the bun. <laughs> yes. All right. I like this. This is uh, volleyball books to get for Christmas. Sean Manzi. Uh, it's not Sean Manzi. I'm getting sorry, the volleyball sorry, guys mixed sorry, up. Sorry, we're back. Oh, you know what, Sean? Suck it. I meant <laughs> to tell you this earlier. Nicole Davis and I are now friends on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. We've never met in person ever. Now we're friends on Facebook. Who friended who? She sent me a friend request. There you go. Look at you moving up in the world. Please. <laughs> Hopefully, world. next time I see her, maybe I'll introduce myself. Vinny Lopes put this list together. So, so thanks, Vinny, for doing this. Volleyball books. You might want to look up uh, The Biggest Mistake I Never Made. Written by whom? Don't look over here at the iPad. I can't say. Written say by whom? The Biggest Mistake I Never Made. Can I get a hint? He's tall. War the number one. War the number one? War the number one. Penny Hardaway? Four Olympics. Four? Karch Karai? No. <laughs> Misty May Trainer? Karch Karai wore number 15. Misty May Trainer? For those who were wondering. No. Lloyd Ball. No. Sorry. Lloyd Ball. Biggest Sorry, mistake Lloyd. I never made talking about his choice to play volleyball over basketball and other things. Next one. The Good. Volleyball Debate. And I like how Vinny put, in, put his book in there second. So he didn't list his book first. He gave Lloyd Ball his due. 
Olympic gold medalist, and then put his book in, The Volleyball Debate. And this is about the five-year struggle in the 1960s for Don Shondell to get a men's team, get a men's team going. This is one I'd like to read. I have not read this yet. How about The Score's Wrong? The Score's Wrong. This is by uh, Thomas Wirtz about club volleyball. Now, when is this written? That's what I want to know. I want to click on this one because I want to know when this is written. This is a interesting idea to write a book about being a club dad. Oh, it's twelve fifty nine. It's Amazon Prime eligible for those that were wondering. It came out in two thousand seven. Interesting. Tom's favorite volleyball cheer is mirror mirror on the wall. Pretty girls don't play volleyball, so let's get ugly. Huh. Tom, I have to disagree with you there uh, on that cheer. I believe good looking girls do play volleyball. Are you still thinking about that cheer? I'm trying like that's his favorite cheer that the guys would do? No, the girls. I think it's, he's the parent of a club girl. Okay. So he would hear that from Yeah, yeah, yeah. From other girls, I think. The Untold Story of William G. Morgan. Now this book I actually own. Okay. Have I've you read, read it. This, I've read this book. This is the history of the sport of volleyball. William G. Morgan, the inventor of volleyball, a a compatriot of and a, a actual teammate at one point, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, of William Naismith, mm-hmm. who invented basketball, and all this happening in the Northeast. Volleyball was designed to be a less strenuous uh, way of exercise for uh, many of the factory workers at lunch. So that's okay, a, yeah. that's a good read. Yeah, yeah. The untold story of William G. Morgan and the birth of volleyball, or Mintonette, if you prefer, which is what it was originally called. Uh, here's another one. My mom thinks she's my volleyball coach, but she's not. <laughs> this is an instructional book for parents. That is sweet. It provides a simple and powerful message for parents. Behave appropriately in the stands during your child's matches. The light read examines the problems that can happen if lines are crossed and parents move from being supportive to being obnoxious spectators. Hmm. That one might be required reading if you're if, if you are a parent if you're of a parental a volleyball unit. player. <laughs> the volleyball coaching bible. This is Don Shondell and Cecile Renaud. Cecile Renaud, my co-host many times at uh, nationals. Nice. Or at the final four. She will be there again this year. I am certain. Uh, this is this is a good read. It said if you're a volleyball coach or considering becoming a volleyball coach, this is the book to get you in the holiday season, or to get this holiday season. Pete Hansen is in there. Steve Shondell. Yeah, that's that's good. Get that one. Now volleyball clothing and accessories to get this Christmas. Here we go. Yeah. Number one, the Net Live T-shirt. Obviously. Now if you're if you're wearing a small, we still have you covered. I think there's. One or two smalls left, and then mediums. I'm kind of mad that my shirts are wearing out, and we don't have any more. You wear them too much? Yeah, they're just because they're nice shirts. And I got to promo the brand too. People have rarely seen me without one on at a volleyball event. Got to rep your own brand. 2013 UC Irvine Championship T-shirt. Now I'm not sure who would buy one of these. Who would wear the Eaters logo? But huge Eaters fan. Fine. Fine. One first team to win back-to-back national championships in almost 20 years. Would wear the Eaters logo. Not they don't even really have a logo. Something you would say. Uh, I guess they have an eater. You know, it's an anteater. But. 
How about a USA Volleyball Mizuno jacket? This thing actually looks pretty cool. I'll give uh, props to USAV on this one, whoever's designing this particular item. It looks pretty good. Good job, Mizuno. I like the stripe. I like that it's off-center. It's pretty cool. It says, uh, here, the USMN's national team under new head coach John Sproul won the Norseka Championship in the fall then finished fifth place in the Grand Champions Cup in November. You can show your support by purchasing this Mizuno jacket. Got USA across the back and the logo, USA Volleyball logo on the left arm. I like that. How about a Molten NCAA Volleyball? That's kind of cool. Or vintage items. Now, here's where stuff gets interesting. Is there a Barnett jersey on there for sale? Well, that was three fifty. I don't think a lot of people have that kind of coinage for a shirt. But What if I bought you that shirt on eBay and gave it to you? <laughs> here's, your, here's your shirt back. I would feel <laughs> sad, actually. It's way too much to pay for a Barnett item. 1982 NCAA Tournament T-shirt. From 1982 was the first NCAA tournament played on the East Coast. UCLA beat Penn State in the championship match. That, that I think, is actually, that was Penn State's 20th appearance uh, in the Final Four. This next year will be their 175th appearance in the Final Four with a sold-out rec hall. So that, that's an interesting one. I like that shirt. Very old school. It's got the blue, it's like a white and blue shirt, but it's got the cuffs and the collar, mm. where it's done in like a dark blue. I don't understand how you can play in a collar. That's 80s style. No, it's not a jersey. It's oh, okay. a straight-up shirt. Oh, okay. T-shirt, promotional T-shirt. Right. How about a 1988 NCAA tournament T-shirt where USC rallied from a two-game deficit. It says two games, not two sets, to beat UC Santa Barbara. They called them games back then. Because that's what they are. 1988. Although, hold on, it says 1988, and then it says 1998. Huh. I don't know. What, what shirt is this? What year is that? I don't know. 1997, volleyball hat, NCAA tournament hat. Okay, that's fine. How about a 1980s Long Beach State jersey? I'm surprised there aren't long sleeves on that, but that's a heavy collar. 1980s? Where's he getting this from? Look at that. That's a heavy collar. Why do you play in a polo shirt? Why are you playing a sport in a polo shirt? Well, that's very dumb. Maybe because you started playing it at lunch and you worked in a, a real shirt back then. And you just dominated your church league? Yeah. 1984 Olympic volleyball pin. I've actually seen one of these around somewhere. Mm hmm. Somebody had one of those. Here's Beach Kings. You can buy Beach Kings now for the price of five dollars, three ninety nine. Five dollars at LAX is the last time I saw it. Took a picture of it, Instagram for those who uh, who wanted it. Now this one, this is where I, I wonder the availability of some of these things because he has the movie Spiker on here. <laughs> it says it could cost around fifteen dollars online because of its rarity. You know, the last one I saw was forty dollars. Wow. Online. That's the last one I saw on eBay. And I'll bet if you look right now, I don't think I don't think you can even find one. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna say eBay. Spiker the movie. And I doubt we get anything. Free ninety nine. Collectible merchandise. Well, that's spider merchandise. I don't really want spider merchandise. I want spiker. There it is. On half.com, uh, you can't sell my copy, it says. Yeah, you can't even get one. Best price, 20 bucks. Oh, oh and see, here they are. Here's one, 30, 39.30. Somebody else has it for 19.97. Somebody has it listed at $289.95. That's, That's probably bad. the same person who's trying to sell that Barnett jersey. For free 99 Yeah, overpriced volleyball merchandise that you should never buy. So that's a good list. You can check out uh, Vinny Lopes. He does some great work on Off the Block, covering a lot of men's issues. He'll be firing up here for the season. 
as uh, as the men's season gets underway. Jeremy, what do you say we uh, we play a little more music? Unless we have anybody calling in. Hold on, I'm calling uh, there. Trying to get some proof of me jumping high on the sand for Sean Manzi. Oh, is that what you've been doing? Yep. Haven't, you checked you out of the show. Haven't been listening to a single word you've said. To continue with the slap fight. Are you done? I'm not listening to you. All right, give me the other the other thing. I'm going to play some more tunes for people because this is a musical episode. I'm going to give you another another opportunity to listen to something fun, another mashup. This isn't what you get from your normal net live, and that's okay. You don't always need the same thing from the net live, ladies and gentlemen. You just don't. We have the netties coming up. I'm so not listening to you. End of this year. We have the ABCA convention show coming up, which is going to be a spectacular show. Seeing that photo, Sean, because I beat the block. Just uh-huh. going to throw that out there. That block was a good 6-5, six, 6-6. Six, six. Really? Yeah. And you hit the tape with the ball? Or no, the, look, the, ball the ball's on the other side of the net. It looks like it trickled over. No, because I had to power it through the block. Oh. You just blew his right hand up, did yeah. you? Yeah, just look how I'm skying. All right. I will continue to look how you're skying okay. while, uh, I just want you to acknowledge while we it. listen to some of this. Tom Petty? Oh, no. Mash up. Mash up. Enjoy. Check me out right here, yo.
like I was telling you earlier, anytime you play Mo Money, Mo Problems, it works. You got a leg up on the competition. Yeah. I mean, like any event, like I can play usually pretty much any demographic. You can play Mo Money, Mo Problems. Got one coming for you later, too, that has the same thing. Okay. It's definitely got a song in there that you is can't, it, you can't is lose it, with. Is it Mo Mo Money, Mo Problems? Mo 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 Money. So you know the line in there where uh, Mace talks about uh, blow like Hootie? He's referring to Hootie and the Blowfish? Yeah. So when I first started DJing, um, the guy that was teaching me, like, I'd finally made enough money, bought my own equipment, so we were working two different events on the same day, and he was with another guy that he was training. And they were doing some, I don't know, it was some, like, happy hour gig. This was before I could do cool events. Okay. And, uh, so they're doing it, playing music, and he tells his new guy, he's like, oh, put something on that's a little more, you know, urban, a little more street. He said the next thing he knows is the guy's playing Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> and he walks over to him, you know, he's like, I, I asked you to, you know, put something on a little more urban, a little more street. And the guy looks at him and goes, Darius is black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and now Darius Rucker is a country singer. He is. He's just straight up legit, like on the CMAs. And he is black, so he was right about him being black. I saw Puff Daddy on the CMAs. Did he? Yeah. No. He's like, I know, I know. What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Promoting everything that he does. Oh man, that guy does. That guy mints money. Yeah. So anytime I hear hooting the blowfish, all I hear in my head is Darius is black. <laughs> oh, good times. The AVP announced their. Uh, 2013 end of the year awards. Did they? Yep. If you, because you haven't seen it yet, correct? The awards? Yeah. No. Uh, but I did tell you the men's. If That's you had okay. to guess who the women's MVP was, who would you say? Ooh. Not knowing beach volleyball at all whatsoever. No, and knowing the struggles the women had this year. This is oh, this is AVP awards. AVP. So. Okay. Who won all the tournaments? The women's team that won the most tournaments was. Uh, Jen and April. I'm going to go with Whitney Pavlik. MVP? Nah. April Ross. Hold on. Let's back it up a second. Whitney, who you called a slut recently on the show. <laughs> I was just trying to think out of the box. Cause I was trying why would to, you think? I, I'm asking you a legit question. Well, because she played with it's different, not, it's not different a people trick. and had success. That's yeah, it's why. not a trick question. No, but she played with several different partners and had success. I was trying true, to think true. outside the box there. She won the Manhattan Beach Open as well. Yeah. No, I thought she had a good year. So is that your final answer? No, let me go with April. Okay, you're right. You are correct. Okay. April Ross. And on the men's side, I told you, but was that who you would have guessed as well? Uh, yeah, so who won in the, in the Jake did. second round? Jake did. Yeah. I mean, it has to be one of those two. Jake or Casey. The year that they had. I mean, yeah. it's a fantastic year. I thought there were a lot of high expectations for Phil and Rosie. I think we'll see next year. Phil and Rosie are almost tre- almost treated this year like the men's national team. You know what's funny, though? Like, we've talked about this, possibly some on air and off air, and I've had discussions with this about other people. Like, Phil and Rosie still had a really successful season. Sure. They won events. They won the most FIVB events for a men's U.S. team. But the problem is they dumped in some tournaments. Like out in the first Correct. round or out in the second round. Yeah, they, they did have some issues, especially towards the end of the year with injuries and stuff like that. They lost to a guy who doesn't even play anymore. I mean, I don't know who, the, who you're talking about. Furbringer. Oh, Furby. That was Furby's tournament. That was Furby and Casey's. I mean, lightning in a ball. Hey, win's a win. Uh, but Jake and Casey won team of the year. That makes perfect sense to me. And Jen Kessie and April Ross won team of the year as well. Okay, that's cool. Newcomer of the year, men's side. 
I know I'm asking you beach questions. I don't expect you to know the answer to any. No, uh, uh, we make fun of his name all the time. <laughs> I can't think of his name. There's a couple people. Who did he, who was he partnered with? Lucena. No. Theodore. Theodore. Thank you. Yes, Theo. Theo Bruner, right? I bet. I bet it was a close. Um, Triborn. It was Tri. Okay. Yep. Those are my two guys that came to mind. Two young guys. Yeah. And on the women's side, I, I wouldn't expect you to. Women's side, Lane Carrico. Huh. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, nicely done. Out of my pocket, yeah. right out of the broadcast. Hello. Best offensive player? Best offensive player, Casey Patterson. Okay. You are correct. Nice. Women's side? Women's side, best offensive player. Ooh, it's tough. Who's exciting and attacking? Who is fun to watch? If you don't get it right when I tell you, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'll go with Whitney. Okay. No, she's a defender. Are you trying like, are you, like, trying to put Whitney in there trying to, Are you trying to make up for... <laughs> <laughs> Whitney knows I love her. Come on. Yes. Now. No, I know. Uh, Gosh. Offensive Come on. Player. Well, well, can't be Carrie. She didn't play enough. Mm-mm. Offensive... Crushing balls. Who's who's? I don't know. Give me. Oh wait, wait, wait. Day. Nope. Damn it. All right, just tell me. April Ross. Again, April. Yeah. Okay. I I thought of April, but I didn't go there. All right. Best defensive player. Best defensive player. Men's side. Yep. Best defensive player. Yep. In the AVP. See, I keep thinking I've got all these different tournaments washed in my head, and I got to think just AVP. AVP. Yeah. Best defensive player on the AVP. Those are really the tournaments this year. Just going to throw that out there. Well, I saw some FIVB. I worked some FIVB. We always talk about FIVB results. True. That's well, washed most in my of brain. These, most of these players we're talking about I w- played FIVB. I went to the Long Beach thing. First beach event in like five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only the second one held in five years. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, best defensive player on the men's side of the game. Let me give you a hint. Rosenthal. Negative. Okay. John Hyden, at the ripe age of 41 years old. Nice. Way to go, Johnny. And all this stuff, by the way, was voted on by the players. Okay. Way to go, Johnny. On the the women, best defensive? John is a terrible guy to play against, by the way. For that reason. Like, oh, yeah. He's in a spot, and he just, just softly puts the ball up. You're like, why? You, you're supposed to think I'm hitting over there. And now, really, John? He, he sides really? out. At such, I, would, I would love to see what his side-out percentage is, or whatever, whatever the term is now. He is the silent killer. Because you look at John, you watch John play, you don't think that much of it, but he is almost impossible to stop. Yeah. It's just amazing. He rarely, rarely gets served. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay, women's side? Yep. Best defender? Yep. It's going to be hard for me. Yep. Whitney? <laughs> no, but that's... I that's mean, a good guess that's on a that That's a legit one. guess. Uh, Brooke Sweat. Oh, I would not have gotten that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Best blocker? Best blocker on the men's side. Phil? Negative. Negative. Oh, Jake? Nope. Dang it. Best blocker? Neither one of those two? Sean Scott doesn't play anymore. The six foot seven inch Connecticut native has proven to be the human wall at the net in eighty two games. Games. Bruner, First of all, there's something wrong with Bruner turned away opponents' attacks hundred and eighty two times. His two point two blocks wow. per game average was the best on tour. Nice. Way to go, Theodore. Two point two is a lot That's per a, game, by yeah. the way. That is a lot. Way to go, Theodore. And that doesn't count how many like easy shots to his partner because they were going around the block. That's the other thing. Like, True. Being a good blocker isn't, I don't think, necessarily just absolutely roofing balls. 
like you can get a good block because they had to shoot really high over you and your partner goes down and uh, runs down the line and gets it. Uh, but Theo on the men's side, women's side, I don't expect you to get this. You should, but I care about volleyball at all. The litigator. Good. No, that's a legit guess. Jennifer Fatma. Fatma, okay. Yeah. Server? You're not going to get this. Best server on the, the men. on the men's side? No, I'm probably not going to get this one. Give it to me. Andre Belov. I don't even know who that is. Um, I saw him. It was one of the outer matches. Like, my day had ended, and I walked, was leaving, and stopped at a court to watch. He's absolutely ripping jump serves. There were times he ripped jump serves. Casey Patterson didn't even move for it. Because <laughs> that's how fast it came down the line. You're like, okay, good job yeah. by you. Nice. Congratulations. But I haven't heard his name, so what else can he do besides serve? Yeah, pretty athletic. Okay. Um, Maybe we'll hear from him in the future. Yep. And women's side? Best server? Best server? This she... This... April. Yeah. Yeah. And now... Hold on, hold on. How come it's not on here? Where's the most improved? Oh, here it is. Most improved. Men's. Yep. Most improved. Well, you kind of you can either go junior way with this, you could go the way of a Theo or a try, or you can go more senior in the success that they had, Casey. Patterson. Yeah, I think that I bet... You could play it either way. I bet he got some votes. I bet Casey Patterson did get some votes. So maybe the other side, maybe it's Triborn. Try. Okay. Women? Uh, women's side, most improved... Has been on this show. Well, it's not Lane Carrico then, because she bailed on us. <laughs> well, know. we moved the show time on her, but... Well, and she's also apparently still playing in a Norseca. Okay. Which, uh, didn't know that beach volleyball was still happening in January. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's been on this show. Best defender has joined us. Not best defender. Most oh, improved. where are we? Most, most improved. improved. Oh, we're at most improved. It's not April. It's not Carrie. It's not Whitney. Had her on the show. Ah, I don't know. Tell me. Emily Day. Emily Day. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. I should have gone back today. Great season by Emily Day. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. I see. I don't hear Summer Ross's name on there anywhere. Nope. Huh. Does the fact that the players voted on that factor into that one? Possibly, but was she the best offensive player? Because her and Emily both get served a lot. She's not a newcomer because she's been around. Okay. She's not going to be the MVP. They weren't team of the year. I mean, they hmm. they played pretty well. Yeah. Best defensive player? No. You're not going to vote her over Brooke Sweat. Best blocker? No. No. Best server? No, good season, just not best one particular thing. Yeah, yeah. If you had, like, best future prospect, she could be one of those. Worst interview? For sure. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see her win that award next year. Most improved interview. Most improved interview. Yeah, I I wish that for summer. That's funny. Yeah, but congratulations to everybody. Um, I don't think there's any controversy over any of these winners. No, I like that list. Yeah. And it covers a wide swath of people, yeah. too. And there's other people that could have, I mean, that you wouldn't have been, you would have been okay with if they won. Have we um, had any calls here? Calls? Oh, yeah, sorry. Who's Maybe on? 615? Yeah, Rosenthal? All right, it's Rosenthal. But, yeah, you're right about those awards. That, that Those are kind of the people you would... All of them make sense, let's say. For sure. All of them make sense. Yep. 
Congratulations to them. Good season. Yeah, I'm I'm glad the AVP's here. We we spent a lot of time beating up the sport and talking about beach volleyball and its challenges. But I hey, just point, Donald, thanks for being here, buddy. And I want to point that out that it's the sport, not a specific brand or person ownership person. Yeah, no, it's the sport we've talked about. And I and I've said that before. And uh, in any mm-hmm. comments I make about the sport, I appreciate the fact that Donald is here and willing to put his money and time and effort into the sport. Okay. Whether I think it will work is a whole different issue. I appreciate anybody that wants to support the sport. That's for sure. Just because I speak my opinion on where I think things are and where I think the the future of sports lays yeah. or lies does not make me a negative guy. But by the way, I sent you, you being a negative guy just makes you a negative guy. I, maybe. <laughs> I sent you a picture of an autonomous shirt getting some serious oh, airtime yeah. on 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes. The CEO, inventor, newest billionaire in the United States. GoPro, right? GoPro CEO wearing an autonomous shirt for his entire 60 Minutes interview. Awesome. And I recognized the logo at first. Of course. I was like, that's an autonomous shirt. And then I finally saw a backside grab of it, and there's a little piece on the bottom that says autonomous. Awesome. Way to go. Good job for Aaron. Yeah. Way to go, Aaron Waffogel. Not sure why it wasn't Vala Clothing, but whatever. Learn that live shirt. No, send him, <laughs> send him one. All right, let's, uh, let's play a little tunes and, and bring in our guy here. Can't wait to hear from him. I can get to uh, where I'm supposed to be. It's happening right now. We're missing Deb today, but... Is Rosenthal club, missing Deb? Club though? craziness. Rosenthal is not missing Deb. I don't think we can even have him compete with her anymore because it's just not any sort of competition. He's been getting clobbered, but he's still hanging in there. Welcome to the ABCA College of Volleyball Weekly. The Association of Volleyball Coaches is a... A great sponsor of this item. Sorry, I'm doing five things at once. Yep. They've been a big sponsor of this show, a big supporter of the program for a number of years, and we appreciate them hanging with us. You might want to keep it going because we just lost them. (laughs) In association with an association. Yeah, we're always in association with an association. Well, I can stop the intro music and we'll just come back to it. Yeah, this show is going to just down the tube. No, he's back. All right, bring him on. Welcome to the ABCA College Volleyball Weekly, a review of what was and a look forward to what will be in the world of college volleyball. We're missing Deb Static, but good thing we have Brandon Rosenthal to cover it up. He's licked his wounds from his defeat in the fifth set of the A-Sun Championship, so his team looking for an at-large berth into the NCAAs. Maybe they can take UCLA's spot because I think they're finally done. We'll see. Welcome in, Brandon Rosenthal. What's up, Rose? What's up, boys? I'm glad to hear a little pep in your step there. I talked to you a couple of days ago. It wasn't so good. What happened in the A-Sun Championship match? You know, two good teams going at it. I asked the girls to give everything they had. That was our third match in three days. Uh, and uh, our girls did, you know. Uh, I give them a lot of credit. We were down 2-1 and came back in the fourth and uh, took it to them. Uh, pushed it to five and, and just came up a little short. Uh, I, I hate it as a coach. Uh, because the girls really did give everything they had. And, uh, you know, I think the third match in, in three days, Jacksonville only had two matches, uh, probably was a little much uh, or kind of caused some of the errors. But, you know, going back over it and watching, you know, just thinking about the match itself, there weren't any glaring errors. It was just, you know, like I said, two good teams going at it, and we came up on the short end. I want to say congratulations to Jacksonville. Then what's their mascot? The Dolphins. Panthers. 
The Dolphins? No, the Dolphins. <laughs> really? Bison the Dolphins. got beat by the Dolphins. Well, I guess yeah. they held it home. You're probably in a shallow pool somewhere with a bunch of fish. That's not too good for Bison. <laughs> Kick me while I'm down. I appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's nothing you can do. Hey, uh, Texas continues to roll. I don't think we're gonna, we expect anyone to beat Texas. So uh, shut it down. Just wait for Texas and what they're going to do in the tournament. Same thing for Penn State. 26 and 2, 17 and 1 in the Big Ten, really. And, and I continue to give congratulations to Penn State on on a great season. They're annihilating people. The more interesting match that happened this past week was inside the top five, and it was Washington and Stanford. And Stanford came out 3-0. What do you think about that? What does that say about the, the top two teams here in fact, well? You know, that's you know, I told you all year long. Uh, Stanford's that team that uh, I don't think you want to mess with at the end of the year, and uh, to get it done, you know, in three sets. Uh, I don't want to say handily, but scores look like it was handily, and uh, yeah, Stanford might be getting hot at the right time, and uh, that should make a lot of people nervous. Crazy thing for uh, Washington was that they defeated, or pardon me, lost to Stanford 3-0. Then they had to come out and play Cal, who was without star outside hitter Adrian Gehan, who has an ab issue. And that, that concerns me. It's a reported ab issue, and having had ab issues myself, watched Clay Stanley and Reed Pretty also go through it. It is a delicate and important problem when you are a volleyball player, and I wonder if Gehan is going to be back. Cal was a team that I had on the rise and would be kind of a tournament dark horse coming out of the mid-pack of the Pac-12, but now without Gihan, they're going to struggle. They, in spite of that, were able to take Washington to five, so maybe a little hangover from that Stanford match for the Washington team. Yeah, this time of year, it's one of those things you've got to have a short memory and you've got to, you know, uh, basically go into each match, you know, thinking, hey, this is the biggest match of the year. Um, because if you don't, you're going to get, uh, you know, you're going to get bit. And, uh, you know, they narrowly escaped 17-15 in the fifth, and, uh, you know, really kind of, uh, you know, help their chances as far as, you know, staying within that top eight, uh, you know, especially after losing to Stanford. Dave Rubio tells me they're going to take nine. I told Dave Rubio I owe him some libations if, uh, if they do take nine. I will be picking up his bar tab one night, no problem. Uh, Mizzou, the story continues to be Mizzou, their first ever SEC title. Congratulations to Wayne Kreklow, who has been on this program. Also to Molly Kreklow, who predicted it. This is his niece, who plays setter for that team, said that they would win their SEC championship. They have done so. They remain undefeated, 33-0. and They have two to go, I believe, Brandon. Are they going to do it? Is this, are they going to have an undefeated season? Well, they only have one more left. Uh, they went to one Kentucky okay. uh, yesterday and put a whooping on uh, our boy Craig Skinner uh, at Kentucky, 15, 20, and 16. And, uh, you know, that's that's a not just a great win uh, for the actual name of it, but uh, score-wise, you know, you, you've been talking about Penn State. That's That's impressive. So they play at home versus Arkansas. And the last home match against uh, Mississippi State that had almost 8,000 people uh, to see them win the SEC championship. So I expect nothing less than a huge crowd versus Arkansas. Uh, I think they get it done here and, you know, run the tables uh, on their season, which is just unreal. And uh, props to them, uh, props to anybody, you know, uh, obviously Colorado State kind of in the midst of the same thing. Anybody that can put it together and, and win 
you know, they haven't been past the set set four. So that gives you kind of an idea. Um, you know, I've heard from coaches that have played them. They said Kreklo is just doing an unbelievable job of, of putting balls anywhere and everywhere. And uh, they are just a side-out machine, basically. They have dropped eight sets all season. Hmm. Eight yeah. sets in 33 matches. They have not lost a set in the last four matches. And, and honestly, if they've lost one set in the last, let's see here, five, nine. In the last nine matches, they've lost one set. That is absolutely insane. Arkansas, actually, one of the teams that take a set off of them, did it in Fayetteville back on October 2nd. But coming into Columbia, it's not looking good for the Razorbacks. No, they they will face off. That will happen Wednesday, so it's one of those Wednesday matches right before Thanksgiving, 6.30 p.m. Central time for that match, the final match of the year for the now SEC champions. Congratulations, Mizzou, and I hope they finish the season undefeated. That's a, a very unique thing to have on your history and in your history books. So that's, uh, wow, simply amazing. We'll, I'm a lo- I look forward to following them throughout the tournament. Colorado State continued that role. You mentioned them, Brandon Rosenthal. They were ranked 10th last week, 27-0, 17-0 on the Mountain West. They beat San Jose State and Fresno State. How about teams going undefeated? Does that put any extra pressure on them entering the tournament? Does it make any difference at all, or do you like the positive side of being on a roll like that? You know, we went through this uh, back in 2009. We were 22-0 in conference. We didn't have an undefeated season, but you know, we we only lost three matches, and they were you know in the first two weekends. And you know, a lot of people asked about that going into it. And you know, here's the bottom line: at that point, you expect to win every match, so it's not uh, any extra pressure. It's, it's this idea that man, some good things are happening. So I I look on the side of taking that momentum into the tournament you know uh obviously all but one team is going to uh you know have one loss so um it'll be it'll be fun to watch that's for sure i think henning and and Kreklo are are just doing a great job the outside is a great story as well for whatever reason i'm drawing a blank on her name but you know she might be five nine and uh, just tearing it up on the outside, you know, in some big, big matches. Texas, number one, 41 first-place votes for them. Penn State, number two, 18 first-place votes. Mizzou got one first-place vote. They're in fourth behind Stanford, then Washington in fifth. So Stanford and Washington basically flip spots, given that victory by Stanford, 3-0 over Washington. Florida in sixth, USC in seventh. So they move up one spot on the victories they had this weekend. Diego State, Colorado State, Nebraska, your top ten. Then it's Minnesota, Hawaii, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Duke. Duke at 15. That's a pretty good number for the Duke Blue Devils. Dropping out, California drops out. So Cal on their way down. Uh, Oregon falls out. They are at the 26th spot. I guess they didn't fall out. They've been out. Cal State Northridge sitting just outside. And who else? St. Mary's is out there along with Western Kentucky. An interesting, interesting week of volleyball as I look back at the results here. Um, I'm wondering about the Big Ten, and we've spent some time talking about Penn State, but we haven't paid a ton of attention to some of the other teams in there. Nebraska lost to Purdue 3-0 this past week. Yeah, and Nebraska's got a match that uh, should be on everybody's schedule. Nebraska, Penn State at Nebraska on Friday uh, that – you know, should tell us a lot about it, a lot. You know, it uh, 
you know, I, I, I have a tough time picking against Penn State at this point. I think that they are yeah. really starting to get into their groove. This is where Russ Rose really kind of makes his name. And, and uh, you know, Penn State and Stanford for me are, are these teams that uh, jump out at me. I'm looking down here and looking at Michigan State, who we talked to early on. They had a great early season. They're again struggling this past week uh, with with their results. They lost to, I'm looking for it here, I believe. Wisconsin and Minnesota. Minnesota, correct. So two top 25 opponents, but uh, 3-1 each night. What's Michigan State got to do to turn turn the ship around? You know, they they play again against Michigan and uh, Purdue here, so no easy task. This is the second time that they've lost uh, that pair, you know, to Minnesota and to Wisconsin. I think, you know, right now it's it, you got to get some of that mojo back, and, and really, you know, it, it's all about building towards the tournament, kind of like what you were talking about with the undefeated teams. It's going to be important this weekend. They're on the road to really – you know, see if they can put something together. Not an easy road trip by any means. Obviously, a rivalry game in the Michigan and then Purdue. Let me tell you, Purdue has got one of the best kind of atmospheres. Uh, if you go online and look at some of their YouTube videos, their crowd is intense. There's no doubt that they'll be ready to go for that Friday match. Uh, so it should be fun to see what happens, you know, going into that uh, tournament, uh, you know, selection show on Sunday. Speaking of intense crowds, I did the CIF 1AA and 1A championships here in California this past weekend. And Los Alamitos local high school, Los Alamitos Griffins, they brought the freaking house. They filled up an entire side of like a double height gym on one side, and the parents were on the other side. Just the students. I've never seen so much support for a volleyball team in high school. Incredible. And they took home their second straight uh, CIF championship is just awesome to see crowds getting behind volleyball programs, high school, college, and the like. Uh, West Coast Conference decided champions at University of San Diego. Congratulations to Chris Jackson down there, uh, one of my buddies uh, from the U.S. men's national team. And he was down there being an assistant coach. And congratulations, uh, USD, on their victory there. I, how far can they go in this tournament? This is a team that was ranked, what, as high as second this year, correct? Yeah, and if you look at uh, what's happened since then, you know, they lost to BYU. When they were second, they lost to BYU in the very next match. They won against Pacific, then they lost against St. Mary's. That's September 28th. They have not lost since. And uh, kind of like those undefeated teams, talk about a team that's you know, built momentum and has been through some, you know, some adversity. I love it. I think that they're, you know, can make it to the Sweet 16, can push to the Elite Eight here. And, uh, you know, it should be fun. The WCC is a conference that uh, I can't imagine a whole lot of teams are going to be excited to see uh, with the likes of San Diego, BYU, St. Mary's. I think that's all that gets in from there. Um you know, you've got some teams on the outside looking in, whether it's Pepperdine or Santa Clara. But, uh, you know, it should be fun to see. And I think the WCC is poised to uh, at least put somebody in a deep run uh, this year. 
Jennifer Petrie, head coach there. Congratulations, assistant coach Brent Hilliard, a name that folks will recognize who are fans of volleyball. Yeah, good point about them. They lost their opening match of conference play and then went on a tear. They have not lost in a very long time. I'm looking for the date of this one. I don't know if you mentioned it, Brandon. Maybe I missed it while I was looking here. It was back on September 28th. Wow. Wow, USD just ripping. All right, who who else? Give me another team that you think really has a chance of peaking at the right moment and making a deep run into the tournament. Well, you know, it should be interesting. Two teams that kind of, I don't want to say have fallen off the radar, but have definitely gone a different way than they usually have is SC and Hawaii. These are the teams that, uh, you know, traditionally have, you know, done pretty well in the tournament play. And I'm interested to see what happens. North Carolina is another one. Uh, you know, 15-3, and three, they've had a very good season. Florida State still knocking on people's doors. You know, they just beat Duke uh, this last week. So, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff still happening um, <clears throat> that – should be, you know, come Selection Sunday here. You know, I guarantee you uh, this is not done yet as far as the top 16 teams. Um, you know, you talk about some conference tournaments, Western Kentucky losing to Troy in their conference tournament. Uh, now they become a team on the outside looking in. Uh, unbelievable season they've had, but it, it looks like that they might be on the out part you know, uh, Arizona losing to UCLA recently and SC uh, when Arizona really kind of had a, a good thing going down the stretch here. They had some good wins, uh, you know, against, <clears throat> you know, just in the Pac-12 against Utah. Uh, they had a win against Washington State, uh, Colorado, and then a tough weekend this past weekend. So that's another team that people are going to be watching to see if they can get in. Uh, and, and, you know, really I think the conference is the Big Ten. You know, what, how many teams are they going to get in with the likes of Purdue, Iowa State? Uh, you know, I haven't talked about Iowa State you know, a whole lot. They lost to Kansas. Kansas is another team that, you know, has had a great year. Uh, that are 12-3, and 22-6 overall. Uh, really off the radar, basically, but having a fantastic season. So uh, I think you talk about the Pac-12 getting nine. Uh, the Big Ten is going to be another good indicator as far as what's going to happen in this tournament. I think, you know, they're looking at probably seven, maybe eight. They have ten teams that are eligible all the way down to Iowa or Ohio State, who's sitting at 17 and 13, although five and 13 in conference. If you look at the Big Ten, and I was looking through the, the Pac-12, and it is an interesting story. ASU picked up a huge victory over UCLA on Friday. UCLA rebounded and managed to beat Arizona yesterday. I actually did that USC match facing off with ASU. And USC, they look to me like Texas. They're able to play completely out of system and play well. They're not a team that needs to stay in system, and I think that's a huge advantage come playoff time when you're facing teams that can consistently serve you tough. Uh, USC has so much firepower already. Ebony Wanabu, the freshman, Samantha Bricio, the sophomore, and then add Elise Ruddens into that, who had a tremendous match, had 14 kills, and led all, was a, the kill leader for everyone in the match. And that's another freshman. So that, along with the defense and Natalie Hagland in the middle play of Alexis Olgard, I think you're looking at some, uh, some pretty special potential there for USC, even though they sit third right now in the Pac-12. 
I misspoke, Barnett. I, I was talking about Kansas and Iowa State as, as the Big Ten. I meant Big Twelve for them. Uh, you know, obviously Texas is the the class of that uh, conference, but uh, they've got a big match at Iowa State on uh, looks like Wednesday. Um, so that that should be fun. You know, maybe one final test uh, for Texas before they go into you know tournament time. Um, but, uh, you know, again, that's at Iowa State. I imagine Iowa State's going to have a huge crowd out for that. I continue to watch UCLA. It's interesting to watch the edges here. UCLA sitting 10th still in the Pac-12 at 6 and 12, although 15 and 13 overall. They have just a couple of matches remaining, one against USC. That one will happen Wednesday. I will actually be doing that match. Uh, Arizona State still still in there with possibilities. Utah, Colorado looking like... And they have great RPIs, Utah does, and Colorado as well have fantastic RPIs, even though they sit back in a spot there inside the back 12 Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yeah, eight for Utah. So they're sitting pretty far back. It's going to be interesting to watch and see if the Pac-12 can pick up nine. That's, uh, that's, that's a heck of a pull if they're able to pull in nine. Yeah, I think nine is going to be a stretch. I really do. Uh, I, I and if you're UCLA sitting in tenth, UCLA sitting in tenth. If they only take eight, UCLA would have to leapfrog two other teams. I just don't see sure. any way you can do that. Hmm. Well, you take a look also, you know, in the Big Ten uh, all year long. The talk was, is Illinois going to be eligible? You know, uh, being having that 500 record, they're at 15 and 13 right now. They finish with Northwestern and Minnesota at home. Not easy matches by any stretch, but um, again, you know, we've talked about these big conferences and and what you're doing within it and putting yourself in the, you know, eligible spot as far as just, you know, having that 500 record. Yeah, interesting. Uh, how good do you think Colorado State really is? Question coming off the chat board. How far can they go? Um, you know, I think Tom does a great job with them. Uh, I don't think, you know, typically he schedules, you know, pretty hard in the preseason. I'm just pulling up their schedule right now. And, uh, you know, obviously it's, uh, you know, not one of the major conferences. Um just looking at some of the RPIs within the conference. Uh, but I think it's it's one of those things that you talk about. I mean, they beat Texas A&M. They beat Pepperdine. Uh, they've beat, you know, a scrappy Missouri State team. Uh, <clears throat> they beat Baylor. So, you know, we've talked about this before. All they can do within their conference is win, and they've done that. And, uh, you know, I think that hats go off to them. I, I could see them, you know, really sneaking uh, into the Sweet 16. And, uh, you know, like I said, Tom does a great job. If there's any chance that they get to host, and, and that's going to be, you know, a big thing. If they get to host, then, yeah, because that that crowd there is phenomenal. And uh, there's no doubt that they'll show up for that uh, first and second round and support their uh, their Rams. Tom Hilbert, head coach there. He's got uh, 17 years at CSU. So that's quite a while, 30 years overall. Congratulations, Tom, on a, a fantastic season, no matter the result of the postseason. Uh, USC will be hosting a regional December 13th. I believe it is, 13th, 15th. USC already doing that. So, Lots to keep an eye on here in college volleyball. Anything we haven't covered here, Brandon, we've gone a long ways. Of course, Selection Sunday coming up on Sunday. Everyone will know who's in. We'll have our brackets out coming on Monday. We'll have our mascot challenge as well. We'll Can't pick wait. Them, 
We'll pick them both ways. We'll pick it on volleyball merit, then we'll pick it on mascot. You going to be in for that, Brandon? Absolutely. You know I'm in. <laughs> Even though you guys give me a hard time, I still don't know what the record is versus Deb. It's kind of uh, you know just a lot to shady a how she yeah. just she just shows up and then doesn't show up to kind of preserve her victories. I mean, if that's how it's going to be, I mean, come on. She did shine you this week, there is no doubt. But as I look back at the records, I'm looking for here. She's 15 and seven. You are 10 and 12, Rosenthal. You are not eligible. You can't I'm make the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not eligible to call this show every week. <laughs> no, you're, you're still eligible for that. I'm not sure what you're ineligible for. We can't disqualify anyone on any basis for this program. There would be no program. <laughs> Jeremy and I would be out of here as well. <laughs> hey, thanks for that. Uh, you know, it, it's fun. You know, this is a, a really fun time of year, obviously, with the tournament coming up. And then, uh, you know, as we get closer and closer to Seattle, uh, and, and we've talked about that before on this show, is is just what kind of uh, you know environment you know the Final Four is and the coaches' convention. Uh, you know, I think people are excited about this new documentary coming out about uh, Courtney Thompson. Uh, you know, it's exciting. Sure, we all talk. We'd love to have more media attention, but here we've got some things, and it'll be fun to see what volleyball does with it. So uh, I'm pumped about college volleyball right now. Obviously, the product is very, very good. And, and I'll, I'll say this, with the move to the Internet, I think college volleyball has done a great job, especially with the likes of ESPN3, uh, of starting to corner the market a little bit more than some of the other sports on, you know, getting it out there uh, via the Internet. And the Internet anymore is, is just like cable. So this is a, it's a good thing going. Were you worried about how you looked because you were on ESPN three? Did you do anything differently on the sidelines? No, no. But you know, I wear you know I wear a suit and tie every match. So uh, you know, I, I definitely uh, didn't change my rhythm. You know, uh, I did get my shoes shined before the tournament, but uh, that's a fairly normal thing, right? And I shaved my head before every match. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Got to have the clean look. Well, uh, you can also check out Brandon and learn more about his program and the turnaround that he executed there at Lipscomb despite their loss this past weekend, unfortunately, in five sets in, to Jacksonville in the ASUN Championship. You can check him out at VolleyballMag.com, a big article about the turnaround that he has executed with that program and what it was before he arrived. Brandon, thanks for being here uh, all season long. We'll talk to you next Monday, and we'll be ready with the bracket. Always, always. Thank you, guys. We'll see you on Monday. All right. Sounds good. Brandon Rosenthal checking in as part of the ABCA College Volleyball Weekly. Again, Texas stays at number one, Penn State two, Stanford three, Missouri four, Washington five, Florida, Southern Cal, San Diego, Colorado State, and Nebraska, your top ten. Minnesota looking in from number 11. Wake up, Jeremy. I'm here. I was listening. <laughs> Especially when Garhoff on the chat board told UCLA to suck it. Yeah, UCLA. I I may sound like I'm cheering against UCLA. I'm not. I'm making an RPI argument. Is what I'm doing. Uh, and UCLA happens to be my whipping boy this year for that <laughs> argument because they are are not playing well in conference. They are losing a lot of matches. Yet their RPI remains really eligible. They are also schedule eligible given their their record. So yeah, it's not uh, it's not me cheering against UCLA. It's just they happen to be the example this year. And I think in years past we've talked about some other teams getting in on the bubble that maybe should or shouldn't have gotten in. We're going to find out real soon. Yeah, we will. Can't, <laughs> wait, can't wait for the mascot challenge. I like That's my favorite part. I'm going to find some way to pick against the Cyclones 
What was the... I'm going to find some reasoning to defeat a natural disaster. It was the Nittany Line and the BYU Cougars? Is that who we were... That's who we got down to. Yeah, it was a big like discussion who, about that. Like, which one looked more aggressive and... Yeah, the cat fight. Yeah. It was the cat fight. I had a, a Cougars and Cougars matchup on Friday, one of my football games, and kept calling it the cat fight. Nice. <laughs> and again, 12 Tigers would beat 12 Spartans. Let's just be honest. 12 Tigers and 12 Spartans. I don't know. If the Spartans are highly trained, they're Tigers. And there's true. 12 of them. But they don't work together. Spartans work together. There's a cooperative element to that. And each time, we, we'll have to talk about that in the Mascot Challenge. Are we talking about 12 of each? Because 12 Cyclones, pretty much the conversation's over. Yeah, you win. That's who won last year. I think the Iowa Cyclones won all the way to Cyclones? the championship. This year, no, I'm, I'm voting against the natural disaster. I'm not allowing a natural disaster to win. <laughs> there will be some animal slash human slash uh, mythical creature that comes out victorious. Mythical creature. Like a centaur? We had the centurions the other night. So we had the centurions on TV. And I don't think there are any volleyball centurions. But if there are, they would have a good chance because they look like a Canadian model, yet they can totally defeat you. Centurions? Anyone? Sorry, I was reading the message board. Cylons? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, Cylons and Congratulations. Yeah. All right, let me play one more song here because okay. this is a musical episode. We've got to play another another song. Hold on, let me play this 30-second commercial real quick. Yeah, roll that. Pay, pay the bills. We're going to roll some tunes. The best college volleyball in the country is coming to Seattle, and you'll want to be there up close to take in all the action. It is definitely all. The best way to see it is to experience it live at the 2013 NCAA Division I Women's Volleyball Championship, December 19th and 21st at Key Arena in Seattle. Hosted by the University of Washington and the Seattle Sports Commission. Affordable ticket prices now available. Go online at NCAA.com slash volleyball and reserve your seats today. Affordable ticket prices. I like that. They're affordable. They're as opposed to prices. non-affordable. As opposed to the NBA and the NFL. Yeah. Hand me that cord. Get this going. We gotta put, put on one more. Yeah, I know you're back into the chat board. You've been having well, this battle with Sean Manzi about how no, tall no, you we're are, we're what back. size shirt you wear, who wears a medium, who wears an actual medium. <laughs> I know it's a little man's fight. Uh, Coach Hula made a great point in the mascot challenge. The way he understands it, they aren't a group of them unless the name states so, like Wolfpack. Fine point. Iowa State Cyclones, though. Two Cyclones. What are we gonna do with two Cyclones? Lose. Sheesh. How can we justify a victory Who's, over a cyclone? Who's calling in right now? 310? Yeah, it might be John Spro. Interesting. Let's go to that before I play any more yeah, music. Yeah, before I mean, you... Music's no good. Hold on a second. What's the number? 4747? No. No, okay. John Spro, is this you? Yes, it is. All right. This is some great radio we're running. We don't even know who's calling. Congratulations. <laughs> hey, uh, thanks for calling in. We know you're on the way home. You're straight off the plane. How was the service in first class? Uh, I wish I was rolling first class, but it didn't, it didn't matter because I took that Ambien and I was out. So I'm not really sure what you're going to get on this interview right now. Oh, uh, we might have some blackmail eligible material. Hey, don't worry, man. No one listens to this show anyway. Best interview don't ever. Don't sweat it. Hey, uh, first of all, I, I guess congratulations on a great year. That's how we were getting to it. it was a great year. It seemed like this tournament, you continued the trend of losing close matches. There were a ton of due sets. Give us a, a little yeah, insight into yeah. what's going on with this team and that, that you're playing so many due sets, but yet coming out on the negative side of it. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think uh, really it was highlighted. The negative aspect was highlighted just because they didn't pull off the match versus Iran. Uh, I think if okay. we win that match, then we're having a very different conversation about this tournament. Uh, Brazil beat Japan. Japan uh, was pretty tough against us the first night. They, they struggled the rest of the tournament, but they played some pretty good volleyball in sets three and four, but we stepped it up and I thought played pretty well to finish them off. Uh, Brazil, you know, it's I, I, you're right. Each one of those sets, super close, felt a lot closer than a 3-0 loss. Um, I felt right. uh, frustrated, obviously, because we, we really should have closed out a couple of those sets. But, gosh, we were so so much better than we were when we played them earlier in the summer. So I felt good about the direction we're going relative to some of the best teams in the world. Um, I felt real good about Italy, obviously. I thought that was a really nice win for us, especially because they're doing some different things system-wise. So it was good for us to be able to adapt and eventually come out with the win. I thought that was great. And then Iran, shoot, it really came down to the first set. We didn't come out attacking and serving very well. I don't know if we didn't have a great warm-up or, or what the case may be. And as, as you know, Barney, this, this tournament format is really challenging mentally because there's so many matches in so many days, and you really have to be able to – rest, recover, focus, it's a grind. And so we didn't come out as sharp as we needed to be. Uh, we didn't wait too long. I mean, we halfway through the set, I think we were down 12-8, started to make a comeback, made it a deuce set, um, and then lost, but then blew them out the next three sets. After the third set, Julio Velasco, the coach, a famous Italian coach who's now coaching Iran, came up to me and said, good match, coach. And I said, Julio, you won the first set. We got to go four games. And he goes, Oh, he had no, he had, he had no idea. He thought that his team got blown out in three. He hadn't even prepared a lineup. He hadn't done anything for the next set. He thought he was done and going home. <laughs> and so, um, and you know, we talked in between timeouts about how this team was going to go out. They're going to play hard the whole way through. They're going to be emotional. They could catch fire. And, you know, our guys were nodding their head. I mean, it wasn't like we weren't talking the right talk. It was uh, going out there, and we, we actually probably almost pressed a little bit too much. Oh, we were almost anxious about – we weren't relaxed. We weren't too relaxed. I think we were actually almost a little too anxious about finishing the set instead of just playing ball. But we had a, a two-point lead going in late, and he made a sub. He did a double sub, and he took his backup setter and an outside hitter and put them in opposite, which is a lineup we've never seen, and those guys were on fire. I mean, I, I just I don't really know how else to describe it. Those two guys were just unbelievable, and the team just was unconscious the last two sets. And and that's just, uh, as one of our assistants said afterwards, we just have to be, because winning is fragile. I mean, I think, I think we're a, a better team than Iran. I think we outmatched them physically in some regards, but – they played unbelievable volleyball and uh, deserve that win. It, it was hard. It's hard when you watch a team celebrate that <laughs> excessively at your expense. Uh, that one hit me really, really hard. I struggled with that loss. Um, and I was a little tough on the team afterwards. Uh, but hopefully it's just another lesson learned is this process of trying to build a team that's going to be good in the end. And I think having these types of tournaments and these types of matches was really, really productive for us. Uh, Russia wasn't wasn't great. We played pretty well the first set. I thought we passed the ball at a really high level. Maddie went back and served a ton of points, put us in a position to win, didn't win, and, and they just, at this point, are, are better at 
being able to do what they do in terms of their attacking and blocking, and they present such unique matchups that I think it just takes time to practice against a team like that that does something that you can't simulate in your gym. Mazursky is hitting the most uh, impactful player in the world today. Yeah. He, he changes, changes everything you do. He changes his serve. has gotten really gnarly. It just He hits it from such a unique place. And so there's just some things. We're just going to have to get better about how we play Russia. I don't think we, we played them great. And we're going to have to increase our passing because ultimately they got six guys that can go back and go on run. And you've got to be able to pass the ball against that team because I just don't think, based on their size, that you're going to be able to just out-muscle them at the pins all the time. Yeah, you're certainly not so, going to just beat the ball over the Russians. There's no doubt there. Uh, the, for those that don't know, that Iran match that ended in the fourth and fifth sets in favor of Iran, 27-25 and 18-16. So continuing that deuce set theme. And, and I wonder, John, Grand Champions Cup is not a tournament that the U.S. has always qualified for. At times it's had trouble qualifying for because there are so few teams. But it yeah. has the same format, although it's shorter than World Cup, which is the first opportunity right. to qualify for the Olympic Games. So how good of a learning experience was this for your guys to see Basically only half of the schedule. You talk about the grind of five matches. Well, World Cup is 11 yeah. and no playoffs, just straight into the Olympics. Yeah, I, I hammered that all week. I just, you know, this tournament really didn't count for anything. It wasn't a qualify. I mean, it was a little bit of money, but it wasn't even huge prize money. It was just mostly an opportunity for us to go and experience uh, playing together, competing together again, trying to continue to build this this team that we want, and because you're exactly right, the most important tournaments you play in are Olympic qualifiers and the Olympic Games, and this is one of them. And it is a very unique format, as is the Olympics, and that's a whole other conversation. But um, this one was great for us. We talked about it all week. We talked about how we wanted to learn about how we trained before it, how we managed game plans in between matches, how strength and conditioning what do you do in between matches? How do you manage that? I think uh, this was very, very good for us. We actually flew out our strength and conditioning coach so he could be there with us and observe it. Um, Aaron Brock has been doing this for a while, but we continue to have conversations. He's our, he's our trainer. Uh, continue to have conversations about how to make this better two years from now. These, are, these lessons are invaluable, and I know that people think, God, oh, a couple years away, three years away, these seasons go by so quickly. They're so small. And there's so few opportunities to compete internationally that every lesson you learn is very, very important. John, I wondered this before the tournament started because now it's been two important tournaments in a row, the Norseka qualifier and now this event where you have taken two opposites on the roster and yet Matt Anderson finds himself playing opposite. Is Matt going to be the future opposite for this team? Who could you really put in that spot to move Matt back to the outside? What is that position looking like? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, we're going to have to see who develops over the course of the next several years. I I think if Carson and Murphy Troy develop their game and get in the right leagues, because both those guys work incredibly hard, I think, Murphy has the physicality you like. He touches 12 feet. He's a really hard worker, super intellectual guy. Um, Carson is, is a gamer. He's got a great arm. He's a lefty and can play fast and kind of bring a different tempo. His serve in World League was pretty good. Uh, his blocking was okay in one match and not very good in another. Uh, you know, if, if one of those guys develops their game, 
to the point where we can move Maddie to the left, we'll do that. If they don't, we can need somebody else on the left to develop. So is that Rooney continuing to rehab after his shoulder surgery? Is it is it Reed? Is it, you know, some guys that are in college right now, like Taylor Sander? we got to get him in the gym. Uh, are there some other guys on the left that can continue to develop? Uh, you know, at the point, we're going to have to have somebody else develop for this team to, to, to medal. I think uh, we're going to have to have somebody else be the offensive punch. Right now, it seems like Matty is a world-class hitter, and Max Holt is a world-class hitter and at this level, and we need some other guys to step up and become that consistent stick for us. And uh, I actually don't care where it comes from. I just hope it comes from somewhere that we'll, we'll adapt our team as necessary. Yeah, you know Matt has the offense. He led all scores with 104 points. The, the stat I wondered about was his blocking number. He had only five blocks, and I wonder if that's a function of having to block on the right. I remember my own struggles blocking on the right when I played opposite. I was much better on the left. Is, is that part of the thing with Matt and his blocking? Uh, for sure. I think it's hard when you move around. Um, his blocking actually did improve through the course of World League, and it really was not a huge topic of conversation during the second half of the summer because really what we were doing during August and September, we spent probably 50% of the time trying to work in different combinations of guys with him on the right. We were trying to figure out exactly what lineup we were going to go with. and uh, So, you know, I, I think there's there's so many things. There's such a list, Barney, about what we need to do, you know, serving, blocking, passing, digging, setting. I mean, there's, there's a laundry list of things where we can improve. And our guys have been really great in the training environment. I think we'll just have to make sure we're really, really good at how we train. I, I think uh, we're going to have to continue to communicate with guys during the offseason about what our hopes and expectations are for them to continue to improve on specific skill sets when they're overseas with their pro teams, and we're just going to have to be real good. We're going to have to be really good about how we teach and manage this, this group. All right, give me an overall grade for this tournament for the team. Uh, actually, that's a good question. Maybe B minus. Okay. I, I would have given them, a, I would have given them a, a much higher grade had we beat Iran. And the thing is, I – as I look at that, I think I'm more just upset because we lost. I mean, I know it's, it just it kills me that we lost that team. I, I don't know if the competitive side of me really was frustrated by it. Um, yet at the same time, if I look at what we did as a team in that match, we played hard. I mean, we played really hard. I don't have any question at all about the effort that our guys put forth. I really think there was five minutes, maybe total, maybe 10 minutes if you count the first set of time where we didn't bring the necessary focus that we needed to bring. And I think when the margins are so slim at this level, we have to learn how to be a team that continues to focus the uh, entire match. And we got to come in ready to go, and we have to respect our opponent. Although I, I will say that while some people might be surprised we lost to Iran, I think people in the volleyball world knows that that team is, had a good World League, beat Italy in Italy, beat Italy again in Grand Champions Cup. That team is an up-and-coming team, and I, I don't think respect is an issue for our guys. I think we, I think it was just a matter of retaining focus at different points of the match. And had we done that, then I think we would have been, uh, well, we might have meddled, and this would have been a B-plus. Um, so we're, we're close, Barney. I'm, I'm really I'm quite happy with what we were able to accomplish the first summer. 
especially as late as we got to start doing this deal. And uh, I think the team is, team is uh, in a really good place. I think the culture we want is, is growing, and I think the team is getting better. I like this group of guys a lot, and I think they like each other, and I think it's going to be uh, a good team dynamic. We're just going to have to continue to work on all that. All right, i got two more questions for you. One relates to Micah Christensen at the setting position. Is he the future of that spot? Uh, I would say at this point, it certainly looks like it. Uh, he he was excellent at the tournament. I mean, he was, for a guy that's never played in that gym, he's never played against Brazil's A team or Russia's A team, and for him to do some of the things that he was doing was uh, pretty exceptional. Uh, I do know that there's some other good young setters out there. If he could do a really great job, as uh, our backup, uh, he, he obviously knows the game intellectually at such a high level and, and works hard, so I think he'll be able to compete. I think uh, Kyle Caldwell can still compete because of his physicality and some of the other unique aspects of his game. There's some other guys in college that are good. But as we, as we, uh, as we look going down the, the road here, you know, I think there's – four guys that we're kind of looking at at this quad. I think it'd be really hard for another college guy to come in. Mike, uh, Kavika, Kyle, and Ammerman, who's been working hard this summer, too. So I, those are our four guys. Mike is our number one guy right now. And I don't know. We'll see. It's always a competition. We'll just do where it goes from here. All right, before we let you go, I'll give you one question about the staff. Just give me maybe your pleasant surprises about the staff. I mean, we put this together at the beginning of the year and over the summer after getting the job, I imagine you had certain expectations for certain guys and certain thoughts about why to hire a certain person to be a part of the staff, uh, whether it be uh-huh. Matt Furbringer or Andrea Becker. Give me some of the, the pleasant surprises that you've had over the year about the abilities of the staff to do what you want to do and implement the system that you've been pleased with this year. Uh, I think, uh, I don't know that I, I was surprised. I, I think, uh, Maybe a, a little bit just at the exceptionalism of some of the guys. I mean, Anton Willard, who's our, our data volley technician, our technical coordinator, is really gifted. And I've been told that, but I never really worked with him. And it's amazing what a guy can do who um, can, can just contribute in the way that he contributes to the team. And, and not just through, uh, through his statistics, it's just, and this is true, actually, for Ferbs and Bax. I mean, there's a, a real positive vibe. Like, everybody is, is happy. I believe that it's important to have fun doing what you're doing. I think we laugh a lot. Um, I, I think that kind of vibe when you're really on the road with people for so long, I mean, you really have to like who you're working with. And, yeah. uh, you know, I've never, worked, I've never worked with Mike Wall and Anton before, and so – the fact that we all get along so well and all contribute with different skill sets is really nice. Ferbs is really smart, big picture, um, tons of high-level competitive experience, which carries over even though his is from the beach. It really carries over. Some of his discussions with the team, and I knew this actually from working with him at UCLA. Some of the times he, he said, hey, do you mind if I say something to the team? And he'd say something every time. I was like, wow, that was big time. Like he, he – he conceptually gets it, and uh, from a big picture perspective, Mike Wall super organized, detail oriented, um, 
thought in a lot of ways. You know, he's worked with Carl all those years. I'm, I'm a different guy than Carl, so it's good to have different perspectives about what we're doing. Um, and then, obviously, I, I've worked with Bex for a long time, and her and I work so well together. We've been friends for a long time. Philosophically, we're so on board and, and work great together. I, I love having her on the staff. So I think all this has just come together as a staff uh, really, really well. One last question I lied off the chat board because it's so good. Are you ever tempted to put Ferbs in there? I mean, he did just win a tournament after all. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, it hasn't come up yet, but now I'll, put, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, John, get some rest for the next couple of hours before your UCLA duties unless you're headed right to the office. And uh, keep grinding it out and doing what you're doing with the national team. Thanks for taking a little time out of the day to call us. All right. Good talking with you guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, John Sprott checking in, just off the plane, fresh off the plane. Would that be FOP? Because I didn't know what FOB meant until recently, fresh off the boat. So is that fresh off the plane, John Sprott? Or FOC, fresh off customs. <laughs> fresh out of customs? <laughs> yeah, I had to go through customs. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting stuff said there by John. Uh, we must be, per- be better playing Russia. Yeah, I think that goes for the rest of the world, too. I think Russia's about the best team out there. Uh, this tournament really didn't count for anything. The result, yes. The experience, no. And I think you heard John say that the the experience is worth something for sure. Oh yeah. And uh, and winning is fragile. Yeah, winning is fragile. When you look at how this went for this team, they played in this match three, four, five. Uh, let's see, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. Nine due sets. In five matches, they played nine due sets. And if I'm counting this correctly, I believe they won just one of them. I'm going to have to go through here and see it. Uh, They only won two, three. They won three of them. Three of nine is uh, the quick count here. Could be wrong. But uh, the United States playing a lot of of close sets. So uh, winning is fragile. Yeah. When When you're playing nine due sets in five matches. Yeah. Winning is fragile. I'll agree with that. Who, who was the coach that said good match because he thought he'd lost already? <laughs> Andrea Anastasi from uh, from Iran, and he's I mean he's coached a long, long time, uh, multiple time, funny. you know, multiple time champion. That's actually really funny. Yeah, yeah. Good I mean, match, coach. Thanks, but it's not over yet. <laughs> hey, that's being in the moment. He'd lost two sets. You know, he he uh, he he's uh, disappointed. Oh my gosh, oh, that was funny. You know what I like about John? is that he pretty much tells you how it is. He's like, oh, this guy's doing great. Yeah. But when he, somebody's not doing great, it's not like he's just throwing them under the bus. He's like, I, I'm, this person's capable of more, and I expect more from them, and they're putting in the work. It's not like he's like, oh, they suck. You know, we're awful. I don't ever hear from that guy ever again. Fine differences. For kind sure. Of, kind of like us talking about beach. We don't hate beach. Just realists. Yeah, and maybe the difference is people can tell John cares, and maybe they can't tell we care. <laughs> F-O-G-H-T-C-Y-D-O-H. Fear of Geeter hating the character you drew of him. Matt <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gardhoff. Uh, well, yeah, Gardhoff, you might be responsible for Geeter quitting this program. Thanks a lot, man. No, I, I blame you, Kevin. Oh, uh, yeah, it's probably my fault. I you, took him out, you took him out of the ad, and that was pretty much it. All right. Uh, we're going to play a little more music, and we'll be right back here on the Net Live. I want you to uh, give this a listen because it's, it's Matchup Monday on the Net Live. 
So a little more uh a little more panda for you here. A little more white panda. Be good. The first ones you've done good, this one better. Because people just assume it's me playing the music. That's really you. It is. It is really me. Did you get my text? Yeah, it, it's plugging up my phone, which is impeding oh, put my it on progress. Air, put it on airplane mode. Kevin. Well, it's got to load the song first. Oh, boy. This is another one of those songs. You start with the verb. The verb. Bittersweet symphony. Then you're in. You're ahead. Yep. Enjoy. You're already winning. Like uh, Oh, this is not clean either. Hey yo, the flash motherfucker in the room, yeah, you know it's me. Bitches hating on him cause he started out here locally. Hopefully, I'll be at the top soon. But now I'm at my house, on the couch, watching cartoons. You know how much you love it when you get it in a morning. Give a fuck about a budget when you always be the subject of discussion. But it's nothing when you stop and just say fuck it. Cause you walking out in public and you hear him talking rubbish. I just wanna rap, ride through the city in a cutlass. Kind of big buck, bitch, I'm gonna get my nuts. Kevin just asked me if I knew who this was. Ah, what a jerk. There you go. Little Mac Miller. Yes, Jeremy, you did know. Yeah. Good job. Congratulations. I don't need congratulations, but I, I do. I know Coach Hula got a little angry because there's a lot of swear words right off the top. We let everybody know. If you MS somebody right off the top of the song, like, <laughs> yeah. That's, you know what you're going to get right from the beginning? Yeah, and we warned you. We warned you coming in. Here's your uh, table there. We warned you coming in. It wasn't going to be clean. It's just supposed to be fun. You know? <laughs> Listen, music, music's a little dirty. You know what? If you get in the locker room with a with a men's team, you know, you've been outside, you've been a fan, you're not really inside, you get inside, it's a little dirty. Let me explain something to you. 90% of songs are about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Even if they're not swearing. Correct. <laughs> Some of them are doing it with poetic prose that you may or may not understand and know that, yes, it's about sex. Correct. Or drugs. Yes. Or rock and roll. Yep. Because why else are we here? Well, I'm just here for the rock and roll. That's a lie. 
Here is a layout of our schedule for the rest of the year. We will be doing Mondays. Yep. On through December 16th. Correct. We will then have the convention show. Yep. That happening between the 19th and 21st. Looks Correct. like perhaps the 20th. Okay. In the AM. And that will be from convention, assuming everything goes to plan. By AM, you mean later AM. Yeah. I don't want to get up early. No. And that will be the end of our 2013, end of year five of the Net Live. So thanks for being a fan, whether you came in year one, two, three, or four, or five. Thanks for being a fan of the show. If you came in year one, good gracious, thank you for sticking with us because it was ugly there for a while. And then we will start year six after the new year. We'll start with our Nitty Awards. That'll be the first first show of the year will be our awards program. We will issue those in the new year for 2013. So time to think about it. Time to think about your Nitty Awards. Selection show for women's volleyball coming up on Sunday. Make sure you check out your bracket. Make sure you pick your bracket two ways. I'll have the bracket two ways, please. And a Coke. You will I, need have to, your, I need to study up on the teams more. I know we've had Dev You've and listened Brandon. here. You've I have. been hearing information all year. But I haven't really. I may have listened, but I may not have heard. You might have been on the chat board talking about the fact you're five, eight and a half. I'm way taller than five, eight and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so next week we will pick the brackets based on two things. Uh, I've got them up here. Yeah. No, it's different, something else. You, oh, can, okay. you can get to it after the show. Uh, I've got a, up here two ways we have to pick it. One, based on merit. Two, based on mascots. I'm just going to go with the mascot for both. All right. <laughs> Thanks for being a part of the Net Live. We appreciate you being here and being a part of the program. We have a lot of fun being here every Monday and talking a little volleyball or very little volleyball, depending upon the week. That's how you look at it. Hope you enjoyed the music. Hope you enjoyed the show. Jeremy and Kevin, we'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.